eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to a new edition of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jordan Hill with Rusty Manziel and Kip Adams. Guys, it's it's almost that time. we got a few more weeks until spring practice before we kind of get into everything, and I can kind of give an introduction just how, how is y'all's days going today? It's been a while. I'll, I'll go ahead and apologize. for uh, It's been a while. We've all been kind of uh, settling in some new things. First of all, welcome, Jordan, uh, to, to Dogs 247, and I, I will apologize for him uh kip is, is very technically sound but as you're, you're going to hear in a few minutes this is not going to be his best uh product he's put on the table today so i apologize a little bit ahead of time for kip we've tried to figure it out before we come on but jordan welcome man glad to have you as part of the team and uh, i've had so many people already reach out to me and text me about some of your recruiting pieces you've done this week specifically the michael williams if you have not seen some of the work you've done this week some of our guys on uh, some of the subscribers on dogs 247 Check it out, man. George, bring a lot to the table first week, man. Glad to have you. Excited to be here. Kip, how's it going today? Well, bear with me here if you guys can hear me at all, but it's, you know, it's Kirby Smart reloads his staff after a title, and, you know, we're doing the same here at the Junkyard Dogcast. You know, we brought in a, a ringer here, and, you know, like we're going to say on this podcast, and, you know, Kirby's looking for some energy on his staff, some, you know, some guys you can go out there and, and get it done and have some fire. And I think uh, hopefully Jordan brings that to us, a couple of old timers here and Rusty and I, you know, we're, we're getting a little long in the tooth, I guess, but you know what, we're, we're still hanging with the best of them. But now we have Jordan here to kind of uh, bring that fire and that energy to the podcast and to the dogs two four seven. I'm just, you know, excited to have you here, man. Excited to be here. And yeah, before we kind of dive into everything going on in, in Georgia football and, and some of the things outside of football, uh, I'll just give a quick introduction for anybody that hasn't seen me yet. I've been, uh, first day was Monday, but Jordan Hill, I'm from Jasper, Georgia, up there in the mountains in Georgia. Uh, grew up, you know, family was huge Georgia fans, followed Georgia football all through uh, my childhood. I went to Georgia, I graduated from Georgia in 2016. Uh, bounced around after college, uh, lived in Columbus, covered high school sports down in Columbus, then moved over to Opelika, uh, was in Opelika, Alabama for a bit, uh, covered high school sports, then uh, got on the Auburn University beat covering Auburn athletics and had done that for almost two years. And uh, then this opportunity opportunity came up. Uh, you know, I had strung and had been an intern back in 2015 with Dogs 247. So I'd gotten a little bit of work with you guys back then and 
Uh, really excited. Just a, a fun time, I feel like, to come in and join the beat, especially join this team, uh, you know, coming off a national title. The thing that's really interesting to me is just how does Georgia follow it? You know, how after reaching for that goal and, and trying to break that drought, you know, over 40 years, they finally do it. Uh, the question now is what happens next? So it's really exciting to to get a chance to see that, to to cover the team, to cover recruiting, to also cover men's basketball. You know, this is a very interesting point uh, with the men's basketball program, kind of looking forward to what's next. And uh, it, it's been kind of whiplash going from, you know, I was covering Auburn and they, they have a very, very stout basketball team. And and coming on to Georgia, it's it's very interesting. <laughs> it's interesting, all right. I'll say that. Yeah. That that would be the word I would use so we didn't get any uh, you know, censors or FCC uh, coming in. Uh, but uh, but it will be a very interesting kind of close of the season and see what happens next. But all in all, I'm really excited. Everybody's been great to me on the board so far, welcoming. Um uh, just excited to get started and, and like I said to kind of intro this thing, we're gonna turn around and spring practice is gonna be here. Yeah, when we take long, uh, you know, Georgia put out the – they kind of hit me last night. Everybody, I guess, saw on the Georgia football Twitter official account, they put out a little promo and showed the guys working out. And the first person you see in the video is Keely Ringo, and he is he is sweating profusely. And it kind of it kind of hit me like, okay, those guys are back. They're back to work. Uh, everything that happened last year, everything that happened in January, that's that's history now. That's behind them. And – uh, this team's moving forward. So I got that kind of last night when I saw that tweet was like, okay, this, this, this team is ready to turn the page to the next team. I'm sure that's been the clear message from Kirby Smart going into, uh, in fact, someone told me that the first team meeting they had, uh, Kirby Smart had some pictures up of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, all those guys hugging, celebrating uh, everything that was going well. And then in the next slide was the next team from LSU went five and five. So, uh, I think it was a, a pretty reminder to those guys that, hey, life comes at you fast. You can be hugging one minute, and the next minute you can be five and five and, you know, not playing a bowl game. No doubt about it. Well, let's jump into some of the news uh, since probably the last time you guys did a podcast. Georgia adding uh, two key staffers on defense. Uh, hired Chidera Uzo-Deribe from TCU's and the outside linebackers coach. And as we reported a little bit before this podcast, once we all got on, Fran Brown from Rutgers looks like he's going to be coming in and helping on that defensive staff. I'll start with you, Rusty, and Kip, by all means, jump in as well. Just what is your take on, on these two hires and what Georgia is looking for in bringing these two guys on? I think for me, and I'll let Kip comment on the other side, the recruiting side, I think for me it's kind of a pattern you see two younger guys. I think one's 37 and one's, what, 28, I believe, something like that. Uh, these guys are younger. It's a young man's game in college football. The grind of, of college football and what's going on now, I mean, it's, it's every day. You see, you see people that uh, have to be in tune. They have to know how to work social media, know how to communicate, and know how to relate to these kids. So uh, you, I'm starting to see a pattern of, of younger guys getting hired in these positions where five or ten years ago, these guys would still be GAs, in my opinion. Now they're – now they're uh, are quality, you know, analyst type guys. Now they're uh, on the field recruiting and lead recruiting guys. And I'll let Kip uh, respond on some of the recruiting side. But that's that's kind of my take is it's a younger man's game. And Kirby Smart seems to be working that pattern right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, the you want to have some guys that still kind of bring that energy. And you just kind of look at Georgia's staff. I mean, you got some guys that, you know, uh, have have been around for a while, even though, I mean, 
Glenn Schumann, you know, is, is still one of the youngest uh, members of this coaching staff. But, you know, you have you have Kirby, you have Will Muschamp, you got Dale McGee, I mean, Matt Luke and, and Todd Munkin. Those are guys that, you know, aren't old <laughs> by any means as someone who's, you know, in that same realm as far as age. These guys aren't old, but, you know, they've they have been in the coaching ranks for a while. You, you still want to have a good blend, you know, between some some guys that are just going to have some fire and some energy and, and, and kind of that hunger. And I think as far as recruiting, yeah, you, you want to have some guys that players connect with, you know, that you're able to kind of see a, maybe a little bit of yourself in that coach and, and buy into what he's trying to, to sell you. I think with, you know, Chidera Uzo Deribe, I mean, he's, a, that's, he's the young guy in the staff now. I mean, it was Glenn Schumann, you know, a couple of years ago, bringing in a guy that, you know, under, under 30 years old, but now you have a 29-year-old on, on the staff. And he's definitely, you know, that up-and-comer, uh, spending time at SMU and at, at Kansas as well. I think he's already tried to kind of put his stamp uh, at Georgia. He's, all, you know, offered a lot of edge guys since he got in there. And as Rusty said on, on, on the junkyard, I mean, he, he's a stat, resetting his board. He's wanting to get his guys on the board there and be able to allow – you know, the rest of the Georgia coaching staff to kind of see some of his evaluations and see some of the guys that he's like. He already has sent out, you know, like five, six offers since he got the job, made sure to kind of get the the ball rolling there. Georgia, Georgia coaches, you know, they can't be on the road this month. We're in another one of these month-long dead periods that are kind of, I mean, I think Rusty agrees with me. I kind of hate it when you just have long periods of time. You want to have this coaching staff have time to reset, but at the same time, when you go a month or over a month in the dead period, it's just kind of rough as far as the, the actual recruits. Not every recruit is able to, to get on campus whenever they want to. They kind of have to get on the road whenever they have the opportunity to. And to not be able to visit for a whole month is kind of rough. But he's extended offers. He's getting his guys. And, and I expect uh, Fran Brown to do the same. I believe he's 40 years old. And he's a guy that has recruited very strong both at Texas A&M a&M and, and at Rutgers, I think he brought in four of their top five recruits in this last uh, signing class. Uh, our own Steve Wolfong posted on a board that, he, you know, he loves the hire and, and that this is one of those up-and-comers in the recruiting ranks as well. So I don't think Kirby Smart's going to hire someone, you know, who doesn't know how to recruit. Uh, it's one thing, you know, usually if you have like an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator kind of uh, spends a lot of time on campus and, and work in the film room, but the, those position coaches, you want those guys to to be able to to recruit with the best of them. That's going to be part of a Kirby Smart staff, you know, moving forward. I don't think he's ever going to really lose that aspect because it's the foundation of of your roster building and being able to stay competitive. So I think you know these aren't guys that are household names, maybe you know in the SEC, but I think one thing Kirby Smart's done is he's been able to kind of earn everyone's you know benefit of the doubt. I mean, I don't think that. Dan Lanning or Glenn Schumann were household names either when he brought them in, Trey Scott either. Uh, but now, you know, these guys are known as elite recruiters, you know, across the country and developers. I think Trey Scott's probably going to have a pretty solid uh, recruiting pitch coming up, you know, in, the, in a couple months after this draft. And, I mean, Glenn Schumann, he's already had two Buckus Award winners and is going to have three linebackers. He's going to have a linebacker who didn't start a single game. Uh, at Georgia, probably go in the first three rounds. I think that's, you know, that's pretty solid recruiting tool right there. And I think these are guys that Kirby Smart expects people to think the same of a couple years down the road. 
Yeah, Kip, you hit on a point that really struck me, and, and somebody pointed this out on, on the board as well. Uh, you know, I, I remember I had never heard of Dan Lanning when Georgia hired him, you know, this guy that was an assistant in Memphis. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think a guy like Kirby has proven that, you know, he knows what he's looking for in his assistants and, and has done a good job, especially on that defensive side with, you know, consistently reloading uh, with staff members. I thought it was it was pretty funny, you know, looking at Chadera, and I was doing a little bit of research just to kind of see, you know, a little bit of his background, and I went to YouTube and, and put in his name. And you know that he's young when there was videos popping up of him when he was a player at Colorado. There was him doing, you know, interviews with people. I was like, man, this this is a really young guy. But like you said, Kippy, it seems like he's hitting the ground running. And I'm really, really interested in the Fran Brown hire. I mean, from everything we've been told and, and what I've gotten to do and, and see and look at research, I think it's a great hire for Georgia. I think the thing that really sticks out to me was that, you know, Fran was a guy that very much was in the race to be the next Temple head football coach. Uh, Stan Drayton wound up getting that job. But for a guy that's 39, 40 years old and, and had coached at Temple before, was on Matt Rule's staff there, and, and Rule had a lot of success with the Owls. and. Uh, and then Fran went with him uh, to Baylor. I mean, I think that that speaks really highly of this guy. I mean, still to to have a chance to have, you know been a, a group of five coach and and been in the the mix to be a head coach there. Um, I think that speaks really highly of him. You know, we've heard a lot of great things about him as a recruiter. Uh, so I think it's a it's a really good hire. You know, I think it's a name that you know a lot of us didn't. Know, you know, I'll be honest and say I'd never heard of him before, but. Uh, have seen a, a lot of good things, heard a lot of good things about what he did at Baylor. And then going back to Rutgers and helping Greg Schiano the last two years kind of build that thing back up. And, you know, Rutgers was able to play in a bowl game this year. I think that was the Gator Bowl. Um, you know, I, th I think it's a good hire. I think that, uh, again, sort of the point you made, Kip, uh, to, to kind of look at how Kirby has continually reloaded this thing. There had to be, you know, attributes with both these assistants that, um, you know, really drew Kirby to these guys. And, and it'll be really interesting to see how they fit. It'll be really interesting from Fran's perspective to see the recruiting side because um, he's been praised really, really heavily uh, for as, how good of a recruiter he is. So uh, so it'll be exciting to see how those guys are able to, to kind of fill in and, and get going. And, and, and once this dead period ends, just I'm sure they're going to hit the ground running. Yeah, definitely. And I think when you have – Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp on your coaching staff. You're coming off a national title. And I don't think that Fran Brown's going to have any issues being able to pitch uh, recruits in the secondary on coming and coming to Georgia. We'll find out as far as their, you know, individual roles. I know, you know, there's a chance that maybe Will Muschamp's coaching the safeties. You know, that's not something that's been locked in yet. But, you know, I, th I think, like you said, uh, this coaching staff uh, that Kirby Smart's continued to to build year after year uh, has, has definitely paid off for him. And I, I just think that both positions, you have to imagine, had plenty of applications. Uh, both names were kind of names that just, you know, weren't known in the Southeast. And like I said earlier, I, I'm pretty sure Kirby Smart probably had his pick you know, from from a lot of top candidates, probably a lot of candidates that that we knew about as well. And still, he chose these two guys. And I I think if anyone's earned that that benefit of doubt, that that he knows what to look for, especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, it's Kirby Smart. 
No doubt about it. Well, guys, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back. We've got some more topics we want to jump into and, and kind of get this thing going again. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back after a short little break. And uh, I want to talk, Kip, you and I listened last night, had a chance to listen to Kirby Smart talk on Coach uh, Mike Krzyzewski's uh, Sirius XM radio show, Basketball and Beyond. And I thought it was a really interesting conversation. It was about 15 minutes of Kirby, you know, sort of, uh, it was really more Coach K picking Kirby's brain on a number of topics. And uh, uh, so sort of interesting to hear the the perspective of Coach K. You know, he was really complimentary of the job Kirby's done, the, the way he's built the Georgia program. Um, and we can kind of bounce back and forth on this, Kip. But what sort of stood out to you from, from what you got to hear of that conversation and, and some of the things Kirby had to say? It was definitely kind of a love fest there. I think every point Kirby made, uh, you, you heard Coach K just saying, gosh, that's a great point. And that might just be his just savviness as, as a longtime head coach and pretty solid uh, show host as well. But I, I think it just kind of shows that, that Kirby has figured this thing out pretty quickly on, on how, to, how to run a program. And uh, I think early on in the, in, in the interview, uh, you know, I wrote about what stood out to me was the fact that after that first year, I mean, Georgia went eight and five in year one and, and had some tough losses and kind of an ugly win over Nichols State that, you know, he even he admitted like he started maybe second guessing himself. And, you know, am I am I doing this right? And I think that, you know, it just kind of shows that uh, Kirby was learning on the fly. I mean, as a, a young and first time head coach in the SEC at Georgia. That's thrown into the fire for, you know, for a, a, a first gig like that. And, and he learned on the fly, but he also adapted really well. Obviously, in year two, what he was able to do at Georgia, it kind of showed him, okay, wait, I am doing this correctly. Let's just continue to fine-tune these, these aspects of, of how to run a program. That kind of stood out to me a lot just because, uh, you know, right now, obviously, he's he's now gotten to the mountaintop and he's achieved, you know, all the goals and and the standards that were kind of set for him when, when he got to Georgia. Uh, I really like that aspect. And, and just overall, just talking about changing the culture at Georgia and, and just knowing that he wanted to put his stamp on this program, but then also knowing that, you know, you, you might want to adapt how you put that stamp on the program because the landscape in college football continued to change. And I just, you know, a lot of head coaches stumble in that aspect, and I think Kirby really has done a good job just learning and knowing what he needs to do to continue to motivate his players as 
again, everything it seems to change every year, and there's been just new new things thrown into the mix every year. Obviously, the last couple of years, you know, some some other curveballs as well. But I mean, yeah, he's learned how to adjust to the curveball, and I think that that's really kind of what stood out to me uh, during that interview. But I I was you know really fascinated with the interview because Coach K was just eat you know he was eating it up every single thing that Kirby Smart had to say, and so. I think for a coach that's kind of on his way out, but also one of the most, you know, legendary and successful head coaches of any sport in all time, to to have him just listening to Kirby and, and you know, eating up every single thing he said really, really, really stood out to me. And, you know, to me, too, with that conversation, I feel like it was really helpful for me having been here for Kirby's first year. And, and you know, I got to see some of the things, I mean, you hit on, you know, they almost lost to Nichols. They did lose to Vanderbilt. They lost to Georgia Tech. I mean, it was a rough first year. And, and you know, getting to see that, and, and that was Kirby's first time as a head coach, to see him now several years later to say, yeah, there was things I needed to correct. And, and, you know, I think that it speaks a lot to Kirby being willing to be flexible and willing to learn. I mean, because I remember at the time, too, with when that year was going on, just kind of understanding the basic concept of, you know, when you take a new job, you're going to get better at it as it goes along. You know, you don't step in and day one, you know, you're Vince Lombardi. I mean, there's there's things you're going to learn. There's going to be learning curves. And I thought I was really taken by how Kirby kind of talked about that and talked about adjusting things. In that interview with Coach K, he talked about, you know, that there were there's been times really where he's tamped down as much on like, you know, we're going to, have scheme meetings all the time. We're going to be lifting all the time. He's like, no, you know, I've learned over time. Hey, let's just take some time, sit down and have a meal with these guys, get to know these guys. And and that was a big part of it too. That was really interesting was his talk and, and sort of his perspective on culture, on what he wanted the culture of Georgia football to be, what he wanted it to look like, you know, even understanding too, you know, the piece of it that he really broke down was today's athletes and that, you know, there needs to be, kind of that fun aspect you know he, he said when he played at georgia he didn't really think about well is this going to be fun he was like it was hard uh, but you kind of need that fun aspect especially in today's age where the transfer portal where guys have an opportunity if they don't like what they're doing or, or what they're experiencing they can go elsewhere you know i thought kirby uh, really understood that and i thought the way he kind of broke that down made a lot of sense and to sort of what my biggest point has been was just him willing to be flexible because think about, you know, a lot of these coaches can be really hard headed about things and decide they want to do it this way or that way. And I think, you know, a lot of praise is deserved for him looking at some of the things the first few years and saying, Hey, we need to tweak this. We need to tweak that. And it's, you know, I kind of wrote about this this morning. It's kind of hard to argue with the way things have gone. You win a national title and, and have the amount of success and, and see how the program's been, a trending upward. I mean, I think it speaks to how they've understood the, the best way to do things. And, and uh, again, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like this year uh, coming off of a national title. Well, guys, let's talk a little bit looking forward to 2023, uh, you know, a little bit on the recruiting side, Rusty, I'll kind of throw it to you and, and Kip by all means jump in. Uh, just how things are shaping up and, and some of the things we need to really be paying attention to as we get closer and closer to the end of the dead period. I think for me, I think for me and everyone on you know, junkyards, obviously the the position everybody's paying attention to is wide receiver. 
You know, they need they need playmakers there. That's no secret. And now they got Brian McClendon in, you know, new wide receiver coach, obviously a familiar name with Georgia fans. And, you know, I kind of made the note on the board that there's a big camp in um, Miami this weekend, it's an Under Armour camp, and that's a lot of the Georgia. Me and Kip are going through that list and kind of getting the names together. There's a lot of players with some big Georgia interest there, especially at wide receiver. And then next weekend, the Under Armour series comes to Atlanta. So over the next two weekends, not only will we, we be able to watch uh, the top players compete and test, we'll be able to get face-to-face. We have some guys in Miami uh, covering for us, and then next weekend we'll all be at the Under Armour camp in Atlanta. So we'll get to see the top targets. So I'm interested in a couple of things. You know, how much are they talking to Brian McClendon? Who are the new guys he's talking to? You know, kind of what's the carryover from recruiting you at Oregon? You know, is it Miami for three and a half weeks? Then he comes back to Georgia. Uh, I know that the state of the state of Florida is extremely deep in wide receivers in the 2023 class. Uh, you know, right now in the state of Georgia looks a little bit down for 23. So they're going to have to win some battles out of state. And I think Georgia fans understand they've got to get some depth and they've got to get some guys there, some, some playmakers at wide receiver. Uh, that's no secret. So I, I'm interested you know, kind of as we reset uh, going open into March, the the where the receivers are, who's the offers, and who can we find out, like, behind the scenes is really, really serious with Georgia in that position because that is a critical need in this class and one that they've got to address and they got to win some out-of-state battles, which, you know, increases the, the, the chances and the, the, uh, the ability to land these guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you also got to think about what are they going to do at the running back position? I think that's there's going to be a lot of eyes on that just because, you know, that's kind of been one of the premier positions in Georgia. And, and if you do look at the state of Georgia, they, they do have one of the best in the country. And Justice Haynes at Blessed Trinity Catholic, I think he's the number three running back in the country. Obviously, uh, you know, going to have a lot of people talking about that that background with him because uh you know when you have a you know a pretty famous father if you're if you're kind of a legacy guy it, it it's really going to be why you know why isn't he already committed to georgia i just think it's it's an a uh, part of his recruitment that you know he's just trying to be diligent and he's got a lot of options out there and you know so obviously his father veron haynes pretty famous made a pretty famous play against tennessee you know i think georgia is going to be a, a you know, program that's heavily involved in his recruitment, but just at the running back position in general, I think this is kind of a, a key class for Georgia. You, you want to come away, you know, with, with probably two elite running backs in, in this class just to kind of keep the, you know, the, the talent in that position group stocked up and they're in with the, the top two running backs as well. You got Justice number three. You also got Richard Young from, from Florida at number one and, and Reuben Owens from Texas at number two, both five-star guys. I think uh, Del McGee's heavily involved with both. You want to come away with one of those two guys and, you know, or possibly both those guys, but you, you want to get a pair of, you know, running backs that you know can be featured back in, in this office moving forward. I think this is kind of the cycle to where Georgia has a chance to kind of get back in, in that, stop, that form of, of duo of running backs and, I think Rusty talked about the wide receiver position. I mean, we're, we would be kidding ourselves if if we didn't think that people are discussing uh, what Georgia's going to do at quarterback in this cycle because, I mean, when we look at the quarterbacks, uh, you know, across the country this year, 
I, I think there's probably a discussion every day on, on the junkyard about Arch Manning. You know, obviously he's going to be a guy that Georgia continues to recruit heavily. Uh, Rusty has to answer questions about daily on, on the junkyard. And, I mean, Georgia is heavily involved there. And as Rusty said, they're going to be in it until the end. So I think when you have the nation's number one quarterback, when you have a name, you know, obviously uh, the, the Manning name is, is huge. Uh, it's going to be a, a storyline moving into the spring, and I think Arch Manning's going to start taking those visits next month once the dead period ends and, and on to the spring, watch these programs practice. He'll pro you know, I would imagine he gets back to Athens, watches the team. Uh, uh, good luck for all these programs trying to get him on campus for the spring games. I think you know it, we'll find out that a lot of programs have the, the same day as far as the spring games. That's going to be something that's that's pretty big here, obviously, with visits coming back. And, you know, at the end of spring and heading into the summer, I, I think Arch could, you know, maybe he makes a decision. And Georgia hasn't, I mean, they're not all their eggs are not in that basket. They have other guys. They have a guy in state. They recruit hard. And, and Dylan Larnigan at, at Brookwood High School, a top 100 prospect as well. But I just think with that position, you're always going to have a lot of eyes and the discussion on there. And I think Georgia has a chance to, to bring in another special quarterback. I just don't think that. Even with guys on campus and Gunnar Stockton, you know, Brock Vandegrift, Kirby Smart's never going to stop recruiting elite quarterbacks. And I think they have a great opportunity to bring another one in this cycle. Jordan, let me throw some at you. It's kind of breaking. I'm sure both of you got the up late. Um, the playoff, National College uh, Championship playoff committee just announced they're going to keep four teams now until 2026 minimum. So, uh, you know, lots of talk where this thing was going. Was it going to four, eight, 12, potentially 16? It looks like now. We're going to still be at four. Jordan, kind of thoughts on that? Quick thoughts on that? Tr truthfully, I think that it probably is a good position for Georgia and the fact that we've seen they can continue to make the playoff as it is. You know, uh, you know, I kind of go back to my previous job at Auburn. A lot of people from the Auburn side were, were excited about the playoff expanding because you didn't necessarily have to win the West. You didn't necessarily have to win the SEC. Well, we've seen Georgia has had the path to make it there you know, and, and make it to the playoff despite the, the rigors of playing in the SEC and having to play the Alabamas. I think it's good from Georgia's perspective and the fact that, you know, right now the East is still very much Georgia's to lose, I believe. I mean, you know, Florida will be rebuilding with, with Billy Napier and South Carolina's trying to get in the mix as well. But I think that they're in a good position as it stands with four teams. We've seen they've made the playoff twice now uh, with four teams. Uh, so I think that, you know, all things considered, that they're probably excited. It also would be one less game that they would have to be worried about, you know, a, you know, a slip up if if you had to play a few rounds of the playoff. Um, but, yeah, and you guys can chip in too, but that's just sort of, you know, right. we're learning it as we're recording. But uh, I think it's okay from the Georgia perspective in that we've seen they can make the playoff, and it would probably mean not having to deal with any other SEC teams besides maybe, you know, if there's a matchup championship like we had this year i think the games haven't helped themselves with, with the with the semifinal games being blowouts um that 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 you know you can if you're not sec fan I'm, I'm sorry it just hasn't been it hasn't been good hasn't been a good product you know and you watch what the nfl did like four weekends in a row insane games and you know that's what people want to see and you know right now with college football semifinal games have not been a, a great product um you know, if it's not your team winning, it hasn't been a great product to watch. So I wonder behind the scenes if you're thinking, man, if we go to eight, is that even going to help us right now? 
Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. That's what I was thinking. I mean, we've we've seen we haven't seen highly competitive games until until we get to the national championship game. And I think, uh, it, like you said, the NFL as well. We've seen what expansion can do. I mean, it, every year is going to be different, but I, I think we 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 kind of know who the contenders are. You know, once we get towards the end of the regular season, we know who you know the teams that have kind of risen to the top there, and so. Well, I think that expansion would be good for fan bases as far as getting more people interested in the playoffs. As far as the actual quality of the games, you know, uh, it, mo many years, it's it's not going to help. And it, you're you're just going to have even more lopsided, you know, uh, quarterfinals and, and uh, you know, the, the first round. You know, if you're having to add multiple rounds there, I just think you're going to have more games that are, you know, even more lopsided. We might have 30, 40 point victories in there before we kind of get to the semifinals. So for right now, I just don't think that college football has shown that it has more than four teams that should really be in the mix. And honestly, it, more than anything, it's kind of shown that, that maybe the BCS had it, you know, that we kind of knew who the top two teams were uh, going, going into the end here. So I, I think right now, four is kind of that middle ground where you can still give two teams a shot and see what happens. And I mean, Georgia kind of showed, I mean, they're the first number three seed to, to win it all. But I mean, they're not really, they weren't really a, I mean, were they a true number three seed? I, I, I don't know. It was just kind of a, the the number one team beat you. So uh, maybe, maybe it's just, we've shown that there's really only two teams moving forward. And so four teams, you give two, two fan bases a chance to, to maybe pull an upset, but definitely, you know, eight or 12, uh, I, I just don't think you have that many teams that are that are at that level a year to year. Uh, one other thing I'll throw in and we can wrap this up, guys. But it'll be interesting when Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC, just how that kind of shifts the way things look. I mean, are we even still in divisions? I mean, I think that that could be a really big curveball with sort of what we're talking about here. So I think it's going to be something that, you know, we're having this conversation right now and sort of the landscape of what it means to make the playoff from the SEC could be very different in in a couple years compared to how it is right now. And, and like we said, with Georgia and, and what they have to face on a yearly basis. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. Excited to, to be my first podcast. Well, first of many. Uh, thanks again to everybody who is watching. And thanks for everybody that's uh, been really friendly and, and excited to see me come on. Excited for it. Uh, we'll get out of here on that uh, for Kip and for Rusty. I'm Jordan Hill. Uh, thanks for watching. I'm sure we'll be back uh, real soon with more intel and, and more stuff to talk about. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? 
Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 